But uh, we'd like to just talk to you about the word, the kingdom of heaven, um, the kingdom of heaven and the kingdom of God. Some say they're different. I don't find that there's difference. I mean, I think that uh, it's probably audience. It's probably maybe some nuance there uh, where the kingdom of heaven maybe gives an understanding that, that, that heaven's rule comes to us. Uh, the kingdom of God may be a little bit uh, more expansive for us and we can't quite grasp that. But the kingdom of heaven says that the way things are in heaven, this is what God wants them to be on earth. Um, uh, I remember, as I've said to you many times, a number of years ago I was praying and I was, pray, I was reading, rather, the Lord's Prayer. I was in Matthew reading the Lord's Prayer, you know, that uh, our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth. And, and the Holy Spirit arrested me and uh, said to me to read it again. And as I read it again, I, I said, uh, I read, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And I realized at that juncture that in heaven, I realize it in a different way, a more profound way, that in heaven there's only one will. And that's what makes it heaven. And a lot of times when we are saved out of what we are or, or our experiences or the sphere that we've been living in, a natural sphere, we're saved out of our culture. No matter where you come from, you're saved out of the culture. But what we try to do or in, uh, unknowingly do is we bring culture with us. And uh, a lot of times we equate many things of culture with Christ, and they're not. I, I think one of the greatest things that we can do is be saved, not so much as for, oh, from the devil, yes, absolutely, uh, from the world, sure, from ourselves, yes, but then also from culture. Uh, we need to be saved from those things, and I think that when we're saved from those things, then we're beginning to see that, that there are a lot of wills in the, in the world and in the earth, but there's only one will that we're supposed to be seeking, and that is the will of God. So the kingdom of heaven has to do with the will of God resting upon a people, in a people, and then that people being, as it were, uh, the expression of the kingdom uh, wherever they are. That's what I think. <clears throat> a lot of times we come to God because God has something we want, and we're trying to get it, and it's not necessarily the rule of God. It's, it's usually something that we want from God that oftentimes uh, is not so good for us. Uh, I know as, as I've grown in, in the Lord, and I, I remember a number of years ago saying to the Lord, after a, a period of time saying, Lord, thank you for not answering those crazy prayers. Thank you for not giving me what I was asking you for. Thank you, Jesus. And so what we want to do now is just to live out the kingdom of heaven on the earth. And that, that's not just for... Our, um, the word is like our enlargement, but for the enlargement in the minds and, uh, and hearts of men uh, of God himself. I, I heard something uh, uh, today on, on, on television, on the news. I listened a little bit. I wanted to find out what was going on. And um, uh, those, uh, the, the Australia fires, uh, it's such a, a disaster. It's such a natural disaster. Well, we're fine over here, but I understand that it's changed the, the um, atmospheric conditions, if, if I'm saying that correctly, uh, in, in New Zealand and all 2,500 miles away from the fires. 
uh, it's all cloudy and it's really bad. And I think sometimes we, we, we look at these kinds of things, we either ignore them or we attribute them to just, oh, that's the way things have always been. And I think that's not a very enlightened way to look at things. Uh, sometimes the way, uh, the way we say, what we say and uh, the way we look at things sort of uh, give uh, an expression of our spiritual enlightenment or lack of it. I think that uh, our spiritual intelligence ought to be much greater than our natural intelligence. Uh, and so we ought to know uh, the things of God because biology or mathematics or whatever it is, is not in me, you know, and I'm, I'm studying it to, to uh, internalize it. But the Spirit of God is in me. And so I, I ought to be informed by that Spirit of God. Amen. I heard the president say something today, too, and I, I was wondering, uh, as I came here, I was wondering how many of us grasped what he was saying or if it was just more news. Um, he, I, I heard him say something to the effect of inviting NATO to join him in the Middle East. And that may sound like just something political. I heard the, you know, the political people start to talk pros and cons, but I didn't, talk, didn't think pro or con about it. What I thought about end times, you know, how that you and I are, are, ha uh, are viewing things that the scriptures talked about 2,000 years ago, and we're actually seeing them happen. We're, we're seeing this mess in the Middle East that, uh, and I'm not like saying, okay, uh, this is a good decision, this is a bad decision. Uh, I, that's not where I live anymore. Uh, you, you, you live there, you know, you need to get out of there, but that, I don't live there anymore because it seems to me, as I've noticed, that good decisions are leading us to this, this inevitable place and bad decisions are leaving, leading us to this inevitable place. And so as Christians, we ought not to be over there, you know, jockeying around uh, while they're good or bad. We ought to just be, uh, be in the Lord. Uh, you know, many of us are trying to postpone with our positions the coming of the Lord. And so, but he invited NATO to be involved. You know, NATO is, is the U America, Canada, the UK, and these Western uh, European nations. Uh, many of them, I don't, the two, there are many, many of them, Germany, etc., Poland, and all of those. They, he was then joining uh, them to come, and I thought, well, it's like it, the whole world is being positioned uh, towards something, and, and it's toward the coming of the Lord. And, and the church ought to be acutely aware of what's going on. Amen. So it seems to me like God is already gathering people for those things in a way maybe that, uh, that is unprecedented or that, that hasn't happened before. So I thought this may be kind of good to talk a little bit about uh, the kingdom of heaven. And my title is The Kingdom of Heaven, uh, Parable of the Tares Explained. Uh, I want to look at Matthew chapter 13, 20, verses 24 through 30. And the scripture says, uh, Matthew 13, verses 24 through 30, another parable he put forth to them saying, the kingdom of heaven, the reign of heaven, the rule of heaven is like a man who sowed good seed in his field. But while men slept, his enemy came and sowed tears among the wheat and went his way. But when the grain had sprouted and produced a crop, then the tares also appeared. So when the grain had sprouted and produced a crop, then the tares also appeared because the agenda of the, of the one who planted tares is to disrupt uh, uh, the wheat, to disrupt its, and slow down its growth, its potential, 
It's, it's in there to just confuse everything. That's, that's what uh, the intent of the one who sowed um, the, the tares, and the tares means weeds. And so the weeds also have an agenda. They've been given an agenda. And uh, a weed is just a weed, and so it acts like a weed. Uh, and, but wheat ought to act like wheat. You know, good seed ought to act like good seed. And, and it seems like the weeds uh, know its agenda, but it seems like the, the wheat is always asking, what, what am I to do? You know, we, you and I ought to be who we are. And that's what I believe God is saying to us. And we should invite the kingdom of heaven into our lives and into our, though he is there, we should invite him into our lives and into our, our expressions, uh, our daily expressions. Amen. So the, in this, in this uh, verse he says, so the servants of the owner came and said to him, sir, did you not sow good seed in your field? The answer is obviously yes. That means all of you, good seed. He says, how then does it have tares? Why are there weeds among us? Why are there uh, the false uh, brothers and false sisters among us? He said to them, an enemy has done this. And so uh, a lot of times I hear people saying, well, you know, wow, you know, this is the church and look at all this crazy stuff. Well, there, there is a, a visible church and then there is the church you can't see with the naked eye. Amen. So there are those who are born again, and there are those who are not born again, are all together. And so the kingdom of heaven has all of these together. We're, we're together. We're, we, we eat together. We, 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 we do every work together. And we are all a part of the, the big church or, or this great field. We are a part in this great field. And uh, sometimes we don't look different than the other. But, but let's read. Um, the, the, so uh, the, the servants said to him, uh, do you want us to, then to go and gather them up? Now before I, I, I finish that, a lot of times as believers, we always want to just uh, ch uh, correct everything, pluck everything, uh, throw it away. And, and of course, as pastor, I'm often asking, and if you've ever asked me that, I don't remember it was you. All right, I really don't. Uh, but but sometimes people say to me, well, why don't you do this? And why don't you correct that? And why don't you? And, and sometimes it's the very person who's doing all the pointing that needs the most. <laughs> it's true. You know, I mean, because, because one reason I don't is because I've not been given a green light by God. You know, if, you're, if you don't have a green light and you're driving down here and there's a red light and you keep going, you're the problem. And as pastor, if I go, if I, if I run red lights, I'm the problem. And so God has to deal with me, get rid of me or do whatever or discipline or whatever. But we have to wait until we have the green light to do things because we don't know fully who people are. Sometimes I, you may say, well, that's because you, you don't have the, the spirit of discernment. That's not accurate. You know, yes, I do have a spirit of discernment, but some of us don't have the spirit of discernment. We have the spirit of suspicion. And so, so we're going, we're damaging uh, perfectly good wheat, and we have to be very careful about that, be very careful. And so these servants want to go right away and, and deal with it, but the, the, the um, owner said, no, don't do that, no. Lest while you gather up the tares, you also uproot the wheat with them. And of course, he says, let them, let both grow together. 
let both grow together. So, so this explains why uh, we have issues in the, the, the church or, or, or the, uh, the visible church. This is why we have issues because there's some who are like uh, uh, weeds policemen and they want to go and, and always do that. And you have to stop that. You can't do that because we don't know until the Holy Spirit says that. Now notice what he says, but he's speaking in a, uh, a more comprehensive way than I am at this juncture. He says, let both go together until the harvest. Let them both go together until the harvest. Um, with, and at the time of harvest, I will say to the reapers, first gather together the tares and bind them in bundles to burn them, but gather the wheat into my barn. I want to just reiterate something I've said uh, for years now here, and that is that, that everything that's going on in our nation and the world is really not so much about our nation. It's about us. It's about the church. And, and I want to reiterate that. I want to drive that home because some will just, you know, repudiate, repudiate that. They said, no, 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 no. But it's really, it's not about the nation as much as it is about the people of God. I believe that, that we have entered into this decade, um, and it was amazing how we entered in this decade. We said some things prophetically, um, and then the, the, a day after we were in the decade, these things started to happen to a greater degree. And so I'm thinking, I'm not all rejoicing, oh, you know, boy, got it right that time. No, because for a number of years, the Lord has been giving us an understanding of these. Both are growing together. And what a lot of times believers, and I've tried to speak only the, the truth to you, that is the truth as it is in Christ, because Christ is the truth of God. And then Paul tells us that you and I are the pillar and ground of the truth. And so that means when Jesus is in us, then we should be a pillar. That is something that, that is like an unmovable uh, structure in the building. And it helps, it keeps the building uh, up and, and healthy and strong and whatever. And so... What we want to do is, is to be very careful of the positions we take in our, as we live our lives. We want to be careful of the positions. You say, well, 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 don't you have a position? Yes, I do. I have positions on things. And then I have opinions about some things. I try to make sure that my opinions are not my positions. And I try to have the position of God. That is, what are you saying in this particular situation? Because opinions are endless. Well, you notice in this, in, in this story of the tares, they both go together to harvest. I really believe that this is a decade of harvest. I know that there are a lot of times brothers and sisters have said, okay, you know, in years past, this is the year of harvest, you know. And what they mean is they want their churches to grow, the churches they pastor to grow. And that, that's good. That is a type of harvest. But I believe that Jesus is speaking more comprehensively uh, of a harvest. He's speaking of, of uh, things coming to a culmination. Uh, that, uh, if you will forgive me for saying it this way, if it offends, but uh, I believe that Jesus is saying that the harvest is the end of the age when everybody who will be saved will be saved. Amen. That's what I really believe. And um, because, because we know everybody's not going to be saved. As I said to you uh, on, on Sunday, that, that you had 70... Uh, elders, ruling elders in Israel, 70, and only two of them received Christ that we know of. Only two. And the Bible says that all the rest of them voted against Jesus. Voted against Jesus. And I, I think that, that as it was, it is now. 
that many in the, in the uh, wider body, let's call it that, the wider body, uh, those who are in, the, in, the, in the, the visible church, many of them, even leaders, don't seem to know the will of God. And so what you and I must do, we must know the will of God Amen. and not allow them to lead us in a place that is not safe, not a sanctuary. In this particular verse, he says, he says, first gather together the tares and bind them in bundles, burn them, but gather the wheat into my barns, my barn, and so my barn. And so what he says is, first deal with the, the tares. Because, and I think that what we are, where we are, is that we are living in a time when God is dealing with the false, the tares, and totally exposing them. And if you have eyes to see, you'll see these people being exposed on a regular basis and ears to hear because you don't hear the Lord. You hear stuff and things and so forth. So, so Jesus goes on to explain it. In verse 36, he says, Then Jesus sent the multitude away and, and went into the house. And his disciples came to him saying, Explain to us the parable of the tares of the field. Uh, and so this is very good. I'm, this is said better than I just said it. He says, he answered and said to them, he who sows the good seed is the son of man. That is Jesus. He who sows the good seed is the son of man. The field is the word. Now, Jesus sows this good seed through us, you know, or, or the, by the Holy Spirit even. That, that is, is safe to say because, because the seed of the word of God is in each one of us. Amen. And I, I like to, when I was a boy growing up, uh, my dad would, would like to plant a garden, and uh, he would, he would uh, have what he called seedlings. And he would have these plants that were called seedlings. Anybody know what I'm speaking about? A lot of city folks here. Uh, so he would have these seedlings, these little plants, little tomato plants like so, or, or whatever, uh, potato, uh, sweet potato plants, you know. And we would plant the seedlings. And, uh, and this is what he's talking about here with the tares. He's not talking about, per se, the logos of God, but he's, he's talking about us. We are seedlings, you know, planted in, in the world. So when God promotes you or sends you to another place, you know, he sends you as a seedling to produce fruit there or gives you another job. It, it's as a seedling. So, so the Holy Spirit is, is, uh, is managing all of these things. So he said to them, he who sows the good seeds is the son of man. The field is the world. The good seeds, now listen, are the sons of the kingdom. And uh, you find in the, in the first part of this parable, the, the, the seed, uh, the seed is the word of God. Amen. So the seeds that were planted was the word of God, the logos of God. But then now in this one, it's the people of God. So the word of God is planted in us. Remember, the scripture says um, that the word became flesh. And dwelt among us. The word Jesus became flesh. And so like with us, God planted the seed in us. And now we are becoming something. We are, we are a seedling of the word. So, the, so when, when uh, the, the seed is planted in the hotbed uh, for gardeners, when it comes up, the seed produces a plant. And so the, the, the word of God now is producing a plant. And so the kingdom of heaven has produced a plant. You and I are or like uh, the, the word of God. Uh, I think Isaiah says, we're the planting of the Lord, which speaks of, of the word of God. So um, the tares are, the good seeds are the sons of the kingdom, but the tares are the sons of the wicked one. The enemy who sowed them is the devil. 
The harvest is the end of the age, and the reapers are the angels. Uh, I think it's just really fantastic uh, how uh, Jesus says this because he, show, he gives us a good, idea, a good understanding. Um, and he says the enemy is the devil. So in, in, every time you find confusion or chaos, the devil is involved. In it. Amen. And so it, it, sometimes we look at each other and go, you're the devil, but you're not the devil. <laughs> you're not the devil. I mean, the, but the devil is involved. You know? maybe, maybe, none of you, uh, uh, maybe none of you has ever heard that before. Maybe you've never said that before. But, but it's the enemy who is involved. And the harvest is the end of the age. I believe we've come to the end of the age. And we know that we are closer than we've ever been. But I think all of the signs are there. As I said, um, I find that we can't get away from this Middle East. And maybe what God did was, maybe that's one reason he gave all, all this, this great amount of oil uh, that we, we sort of needed for fuel. So we have to be involved with people that maybe we would cast aside, but we can't. And then, then he has one little tiny nation, Israel, who is maybe, I don't know how big it is, maybe like Rhode Island, maybe I'm guessing, but it's a small little place and it's the most watched place on the planet. It's amazing, isn't it? It's amazing. You see how, how God works and so, but I don't want us, us to be unaware of what is going on around us and that we're like uh, the people were in the days of Noah when they were just going about everyday life and, and not recognizing that, that there was a flood coming. You know, there was going to be a rain and, uh, and, and it wasn't going to stop for 40 days and 40 nights. And uh, there was judgment coming. And I believe that you and I are eyewitnesses to that. But, and let's don't, let's don't uh, find ourselves wrongly positioned. No matter, no matter how we grew up, let's don't, let us be the people of God who want to see the will of God Amen. in the earth, not our will. Amen. Amen. And, uh, and, and not, not our, our natural father's will. Each one of us, I would say, has a natural bent. And, uh, and don't follow e even that natural bent. Uh, ask God to straighten you and to make you into what he wants. Um, so this, this kink, this, uh, these tears, let's continue to read a little bit. Um, verse 40 says, Therefore, as the tares are gathered and burned in the fire, so it will be at the end of this age. The Son of Man will send out his angels, and they will gather out of his kingdom all things that offend and those who practice lawlessness. And so he says, he will gather out of his kingdom all things that offend. And so in the kingdom of heaven, you have uh, good things and bad things down here. I mean, and, and right now. But he's going to gather out. So he's exposing. And, uh, so, and so God has to allow difficult things to happen so that uh, those things that aren't right will be exposed. So, so don't worry about bad stuff. God is exposing stuff. And uh, I find that every thing that happens in my life uh, exposes who I am. Amen. It exposes whether I'm good or whether I'm bad. You know, and some things come to show me that I'm having a bad day. I just don't want to have a bad life. Amen. You know, and some days I go, wow, God, help me to be better than that. Amen. You know, and, and I know, do you, yeah, some of you? Amen. Yeah, help me to be better than that. Because he's going to send his angels, of course, at that juncture, and he's going to gather out of his kingdom all things that offend uh, and, and that that, and those who practice lawlessness. And what he's saying here is that there are people who are 
practicing sin, and they think because they go to church it's okay. I mean, seriously, uh, you know, you'd be shocked at the people who will leave here and go do something that's not right. Amen. I mean, just with, and so when he talks about lawlessness, all sin is lawlessness. He says, and, I, and will cast them, the angels will cast them in the furnace of fire. They'll be wailing and gnashing of teeth. And, and now at that particular juncture, God is going to do something that's very, it's astounding. And uh, it's just amazing to me that you are now born of the, the, the word of God, the seed of the word of God. We are born again. Now, if, if, since, not if, but since the, the word of God is what has brought us uh, into being, then we are being made that. And so at some particular point in our history, in our salvation uh, span, of our historical span, then we are going to stand before God perfect. And I know that's not talked a lot about because we tend to bend the scriptures and say, well, nobody's perfect. Nobody's going to be perfect. That's not what the scripture says. I mean, the scripture says, be perfect because I, the Lord your God, am perfect. Be holy because I'm holy. And so he doesn't say it so you can strive to be that way. You're going to have to faith your way there. You're going to have to believe your way there. And you're going to have to just stand when you feel like falling. And, and the Word will do the work. The, seriously, the Word will do the work. We are unlike natural plants. We, we yield ourselves to the Word of God, and the Word does the work. And that's what, what's going to happen. You never ever, if you've ever planted a garden or anything, you never planted a garden and just talk to the seed. Come on, grow. I need you to grow. You don't do that. You don't do that. You don't do that and just kind of make it grow. Come on now. Come on now. You don't do that. You don't have to do that because it will just grow of itself. And, and so th you and I are born of the word of God. So let's respond to the word of God. Let us also always say yes to the word of God. And then the kingdom of heaven is expressed. And when many in the church are going every kind of way and trying to drag you with them, trying to get, get you on their side about these wars, don't do it. Don't do it because the Bible says when all of that stuff is gone, verse 43, then the righteous will shine forth as the sun in the kingdom of their father. Amen. So this is what God's intent is for us. And, and the more I see things happening every day, and I, I do see suspicious believers as well, but the more I see those things happening, I think this is going to be a great part of what Jesus is doing in, in the days to come. He's going to be expressing himself in his people so that they are clearly visible. Because when the, when the wheat comes to maturity, it looks nothing like a weed. Amen. It, initially, you can, it's difficult to tell them apart. But another thing that God is doing is, is that in our root system, our root system is all tangled up. But, but when it doesn't matter, you know, that is your relatives, people you love and uh, who, who are not, not with God, but you don't have the heart to tell them no. And, and you're, you know, uh, petting your little, your little Johnny. I'm sorry, I've got to stop using that. We have, we have people with that name. But, but, you know, your little kiddos and, and whatever. So that's not what God wants. Let, let's talk a little bit more about the kingdom of heaven and just a few more thoughts. Uh, on Mark 4, uh, verses 26 through 29, I'll just mostly read them. He says, and he said, the kingdom of God is like, or is as if, I'm sorry, a man should scatter seed on the ground and should sleep by night and rise by day, and the seed should sprout and grow. He himself does not know how, for the earth yields crops by itself. Uh, and so I, I would like for you to understand that. You know, it yields by itself. So the word of God that's planted in you is going to produce. And you just, as a, as a living, 
um, sentient being, a being that is aware of him or herself, then you just stay put, stay in the house of God. When you want to run and save yourself, don't do it. When uh, you don't understand what somebody's doing, stay there. When you disagree, stay there. And, and, and that's how you grow. Uh, I, I told you a story when my children were small. They may not remember this, but uh, they, we, would, we were in a good little church in, in many regards, but, but things got crazy sometimes and, and wild and and uh, on the way home, they would always ask questions. Hey, hey, hey Dad, uh, uh, was that God tonight? You know, I mean, they, they would ask. And, and I would, I would, I would uh, invariably say, no, but we're going to go back next week. Because God had us there. And everything wasn't bad there. But there were some things bad there. There were some things I disagreed with. But I stayed there because that's where God had me. And that's where my growth was. So when we always divorce ourselves from every situation, uh, we sometimes divorce ourselves from our maturation. In verse 29, he says, but when the grain ripens, immediately he puts in the sickle because the harvest has come. I believe that what Jesus is saying here in this verse is that, is that there's a time, a set time, a kairos time uh, in our uh, salvation history. Uh, there's a, a kairos moment when everything is right. Everybody who will be saved is saved. And, and that's the moment it comes. And I believe that we're heading toward that uh, sort of rapidly, very quickly. And he says he's going to immediately put in the sickle because the harvest has come. And uh, the, the, there's a scripture, I think Malachi says, the, the, the Lord whom you seek will suddenly come to his temple. And so the messenger will suddenly come. So I think the coming of the Lord is going to be sudden. And uh, I don't think that men are going to be able to avert it no matter what decisions they make. I'm not saying a fatalist. I'm not saying, oh, give up your hand, throw up your hands. You can't do anything. I'm not saying that. I'm saying do, always do the God thing in every situation. Do the God thing. Do what God is saying. Don't do what your, your mind says. Do what the mind of Christ says, not your natural mind. Okay, not, I'm not a fatalist. May I read a few more verses? And then we'll, we'll, we'll stop. He um, says, what is the kingdom of heaven like? I thought it would be good to sort of maybe end with these things. What is the kingdom of heaven like? So I always like to know, what does it look like? When somebody gives me a, a difficult uh, word or uh, a message or whatever, I always want to know, well, tell me what that looks like. If, I, if I'm somewhat un unfamiliar, well, tell me what that looks like. Paint a picture for me. Give me a word picture of that. Or, or give me a picture in nature or something. Give me a picture of that. So you, you talk about the kingdom of heaven. It's not so easy to grasp uh, initially. You have to you, it, you understand a little bit more, and then a little bit more, you know, like line upon line, precept upon precept. You hear a little, there a little. You just keep learning, keep learning. And it, it, all smart people have built on, on knowledge. They learn something, and then they learn something else, and they learn something else, and they learn something else, and this, this knowledge is layered and layered and layered, and after a while, they're pretty smart. And after a while, it's like their knowledge is, is teaching them, and they're learning new things. It's, it's amazing. That's how that works. And so spiritually, that's how that works, that, that you keep learning uh, and learning and learning and learning. He's, Jesus is giving us an example of what he looks like, he says in Matthew 13, 31 and 32. Another parable he put forth to them, saying, The kingdom of heaven is like a mustard seed, which a man took and sowed in his field. 
which indeed is the least of all the seeds, but when it is grown, it is greater than the herbs and becomes a tree so that the birds of the air come and, and nest in its branches. And so what Jesus is saying here is that God always, the kingdom of heaven starts out small. You and I don't look like, when we get, first get saved, we don't look like anything that we're going to look like later. I mean, I mean we, we look like the, you know, the world just walks right by us. Who is that guy, you know, just walks right by. But when we are fully grown, wow. We, you know, we, we grow larger than, than everything around us, and uh, we can provide shade for, for, for the, the, even the birds. I don't think the birds here means a negative thing, which sometimes it's a, it's a negative thing, but it means that they will find refuge where, where you are. And this is what the kingdom of heaven is like. Small, begins small, but doesn't stay small. You know, I, I, I meet a lot of uh, brothers and sisters that they talk negatively about churches that grow. Uh, but the, but the, 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 God's kingdom is expanding. You know, it says, it says of his government and peace, there will be no end. So it just keeps growing. So, so this, you know, it's not, it's not bad to, to be small, but something's wrong when you just stay small. Because even in, in this word here, it, the, 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 yes, mature. Exactly right. You, you're helping me. And, and so, so maturity means you've grown. You, you've grown, all right? Verse, uh, Mark 4, 30 and 32, he says, okay, no, I don't want to read that one. I don't want to read that one. Let me move to, uh, let me move to uh, Luke 13, 20. Luke 13, 20, 21. And again, he said, to what shall I liken the kingdom of God? It is like leaven, which a woman took and hid in three measures of meal till it was all leaven. So what he shows us is that when you and I are born of God and we have the seed of God in us, it said it's like leaven. So the kingdom of heaven, the kingdom of God is like leaven. When you put it in a little bit, it just spreads to a lot. So you and I are, ought to be infectious uh, or we ought to be like leaven. We ought to be changing lives wherever we are. And this is what he is showing us and that we're not stagnant. In uh, Matthew 13, uh, th uh, 44, he tells us also uh, the kingdom of heaven is like treasure hidden in a field which a man found and hid. And for joy over it, he goes and sells all that he has and buys that field. And he shows that this is a, a great example. I think this is an example of Jesus who is very, very rich. Uh, he, he finds this, where this treasure and he gives up everything um, and he buys the whole field. And, and he's told us that the field is the world. But he buys the whole field for that one bit of treasure. And I think that correspondingly, as men and women of God, we ought to give up everything. Uh, you know, as, as Pastor Tim read uh, the, the bulletin article for Sunday, how the rich young ruler wanted to hold on to the world and have Christ. And Jesus says, you have to, it's one or the other. I don't mean if you have uh, means today, just go out and give it all away foolishly. I'm not saying that. You should ask God what you should do. If he gave you means, he gave it to you, not for you to store up like a squirrel storing up nuts. You know, that's not why he did it. He gave it to you for the kingdom. He gave it to you. And, and the rich young ruler wanted to hold on to both. I, want, I got Jesus and I got money. You know, I got all this wealth. But, but that's not what God wants from us. That is not what God wants from us. I think my wife says very well when she says, every dollar that comes into your hand is not your dollar. Okay, let's look at um, another one. Matthew 13, verses 45 and 46. 
Again, the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant seeking beautiful pearls, who when he has found one pearl of great price, went and sold all that he had and bought it. See, you and I haven't had any eternal riches, so we can't go sell everything and buy it in the sense that the scripture is speaking. But, but Jesus, who, is, who was eternally rich, I mean, he's so rich that Paul says, speaking of the natural man and human beings, he says, eye hasn't seen, ear hasn't heard, neither has it entered into the heart of man. The good things, the things, the things that God has in store for those who love him. And so what Paul tells us, that the best in this world cannot compare with the things that God has for us. And so Jesus said, I'll forget all of that, and I will become one of them to save them. And that's what the kingdom of heaven is like. It's like not just enjoying what you got, uh, sitting back with just what you got, happy with all that you have accumulated, and wow, soul, take it easy. You know, you've got goods for many years. You know, no, that's not what he's saying. He's saying, use these things for the kingdom of God. Amen. That's what he's saying. Amen. Okay, this is my last verse. These are my last uh, three verses. Ma uh, Matthew 13, 47 through 50. Uh, Matthew 13, 47 through 50. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like a dragnet that was cast into the sea and gathered some of every kind. Now, notice he's, he's telling us what the kingdom of heaven is like. So those of you who've had a misunderstanding about about uh, us gathering here together. Um, you, know, you know, everybody ought to be perfect. I always say that this should be a safe place, however, and I believe that. And when I find people who are, who are not comporting themselves like that, I say something. I, I really do say something. And there have been a few times, uh, you know, you don't have to broadcast it, but there have been a few times I've invited people to, to leave uh, because they were just too troublesome, uh, would not act right, would just, would just mean-spirited. And, and the scripture says um, uh, that uh, it's like a dragnet. And so, so when, you, when, you, when you open your doors and say, y'all come or come as you are, you know, some of everything comes. And, and so, but that's what the kingdom of heaven is like. So don't be despair. Well, oh, there's a church. No, 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 no. You're talking about the visible thing and it's got some of everything. Let's see what happens here. It says, and, and it's like a dragnet that was cast into the sea and gathered some of every kind. What? Every kind. You know, uh, uh, which when it was full, they drew to shore and they sat down and gathered the good into vessels and threw the bad away. So it will be at the end of the age. The angels will come forth, separate the wicked from among the just and cast them into the furnace of fire. There will be wailing and gnashing of teeth. Now, this is all my scriptures, but let me just say to you that... Uh, you know, I, I can imagine when you have a dragnet, you throw it out, and you just grab something of every kind. And then there's a separation that goes on. Even right now, there's a separation that goes on. You know, I'm sure if you throw a net, in, net into the sea, you, you gather fish. I bet you have some shrimp in there. You have crabs. You have maybe even some dogfish in there. Uh, hardheads are there. All kinds of fish. But that's what it looks like. And so don't be all, oh, I thought I was in the church. You are in the church. You are the church and you're in the church. But that's all right. There's going to be a separation. But, uh, but sometimes those, those uh, people who just seem to not be right are keeping us fresh, keeping us on our knees, keeping us talking to Jesus. Have you ever noticed that oftentimes when, when things are going well with us, they aren't going well with us because we stop praying so much? I've never prayed so much as when people were always coming against me. 
always staying up at night, praying, praying. And those were my strongest days, strongest hours. So that's what the kingdom is like. I want to say lastly that, that never put anyone before the Lord. Never put your father, your mother, your husband or your wife, your darling children, not even them above the Lord. Don't compromise, especially in this day when, when the world is saying, you Christians are our problem. They're saying that. You Christians are our problem. And, uh, and, and, and don't believe that firstly. And then don't allow your children who will say, Dad, Mom, I believe that Christians are the problem because they have been co-opted by the world system. All of us, as I was talking about Alex today, we were talking today about these things. Uh, and all of us, to some degree, have been co-opted. So you just have to just throw that stuff off and just say, wait a minute, I will not let the world influence me. I will not let culture influence me more than Christ. I will not let the world tell me the direction I'm going. I, I have the Word of God, and I'm going to follow the Word of God. Amen. And, and, uh, and also, don't, 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 in the day, the world's telling our children that they can live any kind of life, and they'll be all right with God. Uh, and they're telling them, um, you can experiment. I want my children experimenting with sin. That's wicked and wrong. And don't say, well, I love them. I don't want to drive them away. Well, I think they're going to go if you don't tell them the truth. Because if, if we don't shine, uh, there is no light. And we are the city set on the hill. Uh, we are the light of the world. We're the salt of the earth. And so I would like to just, uh, encourage you to keep on believing, keep on trusting God. And don't give in to this world and this world system. Amen? Thank you. All right. Well, super. Let's just sit there for maybe 30 more seconds, and I want you just to stand in a minute. Just allow the few things that we said to just sink into your heart. And um, I, would, I would like to say I'm just amazed at what's going on in the world. And um, I'm amazed at it. I'm amazed that things are just lining up, just like the Bible said. I'm amazed. So let, what, one of these days, we, we're going to see Jesus coming, maybe in my lifetime. But, but I just think certainly in, in these young people who have seated here. Maybe some of you are going to see the coming of the Lord. It's going to be a glorious day. It's going to be a glorious day. And that's going to be our vindication also. It's going to be our vindication. Because they, they say we're crazy. They say we're the problem, but when Jesus comes, it's going to be our vindication. Amen. Let's stand.